I remember I got arrested for trying to cash a, a spam check one time, but I got like released on my own recognizance or whatever, like the same day. But I got arrested literally for cashing a check that had my government name on it with my address. They said that I stole the check and they arrested me for some reason. And yeah, it was it was absolute chaos. Welcome to AOL. Welcome to AOL Underground. Welcome back to the show, Zone. Your episode was so popular, we're having you back for a second time. I'm so glad to hear that. I love it. I believe you said you had a, a few more things to tell us about. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff for us. I didn't get enough out the first time around, I feel like. Awesome. So do you want to start out with some of the private rooms you remember? Yeah, we can start out with those. I remember going into like magic pr magic where it was where everybody was hanging later i feel like that was probably the last popular private room that was even open but before magic it was like ixa and pr sex which they eventually made it to where you couldn't get into pr sex anymore sex was like a band word so you had to have like a a keyword to get into that private room not the average aol semicolon forward slash whatever it was some other fucking some other kind of URL that would get you in there. But sex was a pro- like a popular one. Uh, server was a popular one. It was just where everybody hung out. Everybody hung out in different private rooms that you would probably just find by somebody typing in the chat room, PR space, and then the room. So they had like a chat command that would take them from one room to the next. So you would just follow the people to see where the fuck they were going and what was going on in those rooms. And that is where I feel like a lot of people found programs and wanted to run them because it was just the coolest stuff to see. Awesome. So what were some of the favorite programs you saw in those rooms? My favorite programs were probably obviously spammers for myself, but the fun programs I like to use were like cloners, the MP3 players, those kind of things, the the cloners for sure. So you could just like lag out rooms and always just be blasting that the famous, ah, the, the uh, it's a bunch of eyes all the people from the the aol groups and aol chat rooms will know what i'm talking about but it, it was just a, a whole bunch of fucking eyes i don't know why it lagged the room so bad but all these eyes with like bold and then italic like the letter yeah it was bold and italic and strike through and the way the html was formed it, it would just lag the room. It was like it was printing into the room. It was going so slow that it was just lagging everybody in the room. And then, of course, you could just kick everybody out of the room, steal the bolt, take the host, and then now you're run the room that everybody was in. So cloners were always fun. You could also use them to, like, mass IM spam people and send, like, punch strings to kick them offline and all that stuff. So all that stuff was good times with the cloners. I love the cloners. I love the baiters. Are we talking about America Online or AIM? America Online. Okay. Why is it called a cloner? Because you're cloning the accounts that you're on. So it's basically like you're loading 30 or 40 accounts online. So you're cloning your online status with a bunch of other clones that are online with you under your power. So it was kind of like a like a low-end botnet, basically. You just logged into all these accounts and you just blasted them into a chat room and made them do whatever you wanted to do. You have a list of like 30 accounts. Right. And because you're using TCPIP, you can simultaneously connect to 30 accounts. Right. Oh, now I get it. Yes, yes. So 
you could connect to like, we'll just say like a hundred of them. And then anytime one would get kicked out of the chat room, it would know and it would place another one in. So you were constantly flooding the chat room with new people coming in and new people like lag in the chat room. And it was so laggy that you couldn't ignore the people that were on or that were doing the lagging. Right. So you couldn't go and hit the ignore or block in the chat room because when you would do that, you wouldn't see anybody's text. But it was so laggy that it would just basically white screen everybody's AOL and you would have to shut down your AOL completely. I wonder if it overwhelmed like the, the HTML processing or something. Cause I know like when you punt people, right? That's what happens. Right. Yeah. It, it just slowed it down so much. I don't know why the eyes did it, but the eyes were, were what really sealed the fate for everybody. There's like videos on YouTube of people scrolling the chat rooms with cloners, just lagging everybody in sight. And it's great with the eyes. Oh, sweet. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. I think people would probably want to see that. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. So what else could you do with these cloner accounts besides scrolling chat rooms? I mean, a cloner was like a it was like a downgraded version of a spammer, right? With a spammer, you could send them to multiple chat rooms and have them send out multiple messages. With a cloner, you it was basically just destruction. You just send them to a chat room to just flood the chat room. There was really no other purpose in having a cloner outside of just destroying chat rooms. That's funny. So what else did you get into? Credit card usage was something that was pretty big from back in that time. It was real easy to send a fake screensaver EXE to a bunch of people in the men for men chat rooms or the female for female or any kind of like adult chat rooms. And you could get them to download the screensaver, open it, and then it would pop up like a fake version of AOL. It would play the goodbye sound, right? And then you would think that everybody got, or you think you got kicked off. And then it would say to get back on, please confirm your credit card details. So people would put them in and then it would just send them to a public chat room. Well, not a public, but a private chat room that, you know, people were in. So you're just in a chat room and people are scrolling their credit cards out. Oh man. So credit cards were a pretty big deal because everybody was like carding signups for their spam affiliates and trying to make extra money that way. So I feel like credit cards were a big deal for a lot of people. I got my first, I got my first digital camera with a stolen credit card, but of course I did it a little smarter. I had some girl, she ordered the credit or the ordered the camera to her house and then shipped it from her house to my house. So I didn't have any like connection to that credit card. Interesting. Can you tell me about the spam stuff and the credit cards, like what you, the spam affiliates, like why you need a credit card for that? Well, some affiliates, they would only pay you per signup, right? So it would be like, depending on how many signups you got a day, you could get from $35 to $55 per signup on just the affiliate that I use for say. So if you weren't getting any signups or your spammer wasn't, you know, cutting the mustard and getting you uh, enough money that you wanted, then you would just collect a bunch of credit cards and card your own signups or have people card signups for you, then you would be getting paid the $35 to $55 for every signup. Were there programs that were automated that you could feed credit cards to? I never had one. I never personally bought them off of my own like ISP anyways. I would give the credit cards to somebody and say, hey, you know, use this once and then you can have the credit card after that. I don't care what you do with it. Just at least sign up for my stuff. And a lot of people would. So that's kind of like 
not mules like is it, are you familiar with like the term like the the money mules or, or anything with like carding yeah i mean it kind of is a money mule like they they're giving me a little bit but they're also taking more than what they're giving me so it's you know, like a, a low-end payment for me but it could be a thousand dollar payoff for them depending on what they buy with the credit cards they'd be like your remote hands right yes exactly just like here guys here's the credit cards now you go sign up for mine and i'll make five hundred dollars today and you guys can do whatever you want with the credit cards i don't care probably percentage of the people didn't notice the charges right yeah, I've never had any problems with like my signups getting taken away. I would assume that people just didn't wasn't checking their credit card statements or something because or that or the affiliates just didn't care. But one way or the other, like I never got my payments taken away if I was to ever have anybody card and signups for me. Interesting. I assume that was pretty lucrative or Oh, yeah. I mean, it was in the beginning, of course, but then as the years progressed, people got a little hip to the old screensaver, whatever, right? And they were like, well, we're not downloading this. So we had to find other ways of getting credit cards. But as for the payout, it was always pretty good when you had enough credit cards to to give out to people. Interesting. Did, did you know anybody that got in any trouble for doing carding? Not that I'm aware of. I remember I got arrested for trying to cash a, a spam check one time, but I got like released on my own recognizance or whatever, like the same day. But I got arrested literally for cashing a check that had my government name on it with my address. They, they said that I stole the check and they arrested me for some reason. And yeah, it was it was absolute chaos. Did so? Did you get like prosecuted for trying to for that, or did they drop the charges? They had to drop the charges. The, the check was mine. They sent me the check. I'd already cashed these checks. I've cashed probably a hundred of these checks before, no problems. I go to this check cashing place, and there's this big event that happens down here in Kentucky. It's called Thunder Over Louisville. It's like a, it's like a, a fireworks show, and they have like an air show and all these street vendors. So there's like probably half a million people in the city on at that given time. And I got arrested the Friday before that took place. So it happens on a Saturday. I got arrested on that Friday. I was going to go down to the river, was going to cash my check. I get into this check cashing place. They're like, oh, um, the system's froze up. Just give us one second. And I'm just like, all right, cool. No fucking, no big deal. I'm like, I think I just turned 18 at this time. I'm like, no fucking problem. So I'm sitting there, two cops come walking in and they're like, Hey man, you want to, you want to tell me what's going on here? And I'm like, I'm like, you guys want to tell me what's going on here? Like, I don't fucking know what's going on. You tell me what's going on. They were like, they said that uh, you're trying to cash a bad check. I'm, I look at them in their faces and I'm like, I'm, what are you talking about? A bad check. I'm like, it has my name on it. It has my address on it. This is, here's my ID. This is me. How am I cashing a stolen check? They were like, well, it's reported stolen. I'm like, sir, you're telling me that I went to Broward County, Florida. I broke into the bank. I found where the bank was holding all the checks. I stole my check, just mine. Then I came all the way back to Kentucky and tried to cash it before these check cashing places closed. I was like, how, how could I have even done that? They didn't care. They said something about printers can do crazy things these days. Put your hands behind your fucking back. 
and uh, arrested me for that alone. I'm like, call, call the place. So they quote unquote called the place and the place was like, yeah, it's stolen, which wasn't true because when I got, when I got to jail, they were like, what happened? I told them what happened. They were like, we're going to call and get a hold of somebody that works at this bank. They got a hold of the people and they're like, yeah, that's his check. <laughs> Fucking release me that night. I'm like, well, I told you guys it's my check. How the hell? What am I, a time traveler? How could I have gotten to Florida and back in time to cash this check? So, yeah, they tried to take me to court for that. I had to get a lawyer. Uh, my lawyer wanted like $300. I was like, fuck you. I don't have $300 for you. You're a public defender. All my money just got taken. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a kid. So, yeah, she wanted like $300 or some shit. But in reality, I'm the one that went to my affiliate site, printed out my login, printed out all my past payments, all the check stubs. I put it in a folder. I gave it to her and she gave it to the prosecutor and they were like dismissed. And this broad wanted $300 for that. I was like, here's 50 bucks. That's all I got. Have a good day. I, I didn't know public defenders could charge you. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, is she trying to get over on me? Cause I'm, I mean, 18 is not just a kid, but being 33 now, I'm like 18. I was just a kid. I didn't know what I was doing, but. I think she was just trying to get over on me, and I was not having no part of that. I blocked her on AIM. I don't know why a lawyer had AIM, but I was like, yeah, I'll contact you on AIM about the rest of the payment. Straight fucking blocked her, of course. I'm not paying the rest of that, what, 250 or whatever I owed. You didn't do anything. I did all the work, so I don't know why I had to pay you anything. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm wondering why this came up in the first place. Why do you think that they, like, targeted you? I don't have a clue. Usually I would take those checks to like a Walmart and Walmart. They just run them through this little machine and it verifies if it's a good check. And then they pay me my money. Well, this time I took it to like a check cashing place, like, like check smart or I don't know, just some random like payday advanced check cashing type of place. And I guess they looked at it and seen that it was from another state and seen the amount it was for and seen how young I was and was like, yeah, no, this is probably a fake check. So I don't even think they checked it. I think they just visually looked at it and was like, yeah, right. This guy's not making this kind of money at this age. And they just called the cops and the cops came and arrested me. Oh, okay. So you think it had nothing to do with like the people that issued the check or bad credit cards? Just Right. Yeah, I'm a white boy. I ain't going to say, oh, they're hating up because of my race. It was like some kind of discrimination thing, about, probably about age and the amount of money that it was. They were like, why is this guy cashing a couple thousand dollar check and he doesn't have a hair on his face? Like, where the hell is he getting this money? So it's like a bias thing. Right. So they were like, yeah, this is probably just a fake check. There's no way this kid's coming in here with this much money. Interesting. Did you ever face any other kind of discrimination for, for being a young white man? <laughs> No, never. Nope. Absolutely not. I got reimbursed my check. They weren't, they were trying to like not reimburse me. I got in contact with my affiliate manager, but I had that lawyer on three way. This was before we even went to court. So we were still on good terms. I hadn't ghosted her about her money yet. So I called him and I'm my, my affiliate manager's name was Mo. And I'm like, Mo, I got fucked. They took me to jail. They took my money. They took the check. I don't have anything. And Mo was like, oh, there's, there's really not much we can do. I'm like, oh, really? Well, how about you talk to my lawyer about that? And my lawyer chimed in and then his tone changes up real fucking fast. I was like, oh, no, no, no. We can send a reimbursement check. He's like, yeah, I fucking figured you could because that's a lot of money to miss out on. So I feel like my public defender 
seen the amount of money that was for on that check and was like, I'm trying to get some fucking money out of this guy. There's no way he's not going to pay me for this. I mean, are you at liberty to say how much it was or? I mean, it wasn't $10,000. I think it was like, I think it was like $2,700 or something, but that was just for like the, the two week span of the spamming. So, I mean, it was every other week in between the 1500 to $2,500 range. So it wasn't like a, a check that I felt uncomfortable cashing. I've cashed this check fucking 50, a hundred times. Like I've cashed these so many times I cash them at Walmart for God's sakes. Like why at an actual check cashing place, can you not see the legitimacy of this check? This blows my mind. So each of the signups, was it like 15 bucks or 30 bucks or? It was 35 to 55. So I think if you got, it was like one to four signups a day was like 35. And then from five to like eight was 55 or 45 or something. And then anything past that was 55. So it got from either 35 to $55 per sign up. It just depends on how many you got per day. Okay. So then you didn't really need that many signups per day, right? No, I didn't really need that many signups per day. And I had two weeks to make the check. And I want to say the, the minimum payout was only like a hundred or $200 or something. So no matter what, I had a check coming every other week, even if it was only a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks, there was always a check in the mail. Interesting. So then I assume, okay, so everything was great in the beginning and then people started wising up to it. So did you change your tactics? I didn't really card or have people card too many signups. It was really all my programs. It was the mailers and the mass instant message spammers in the chat room spammers. That's really what got the signups. The credit card signups were basically just like a little extra here and there when I had extra credit cards to give out. Like you're not going to get anything for free. So you're absolutely just going to have to sign up for my shit or you don't get a credit card. I don't need you to sign up. I have signups. I'm, I'm not tripping about the signups, but if you want a credit card, you're going to have to sign up to my shit to get the credit card. So this, so the room spammers and I am spammers. I, I know last episode you talked about the tool you made. Uh, you sold that, but as far as like, I guess attribution for the signups, did you ever like, I don't know. Do you think about like marketing people are like, well, where do I get my customers? Right. Did you ever put anything like where you could like figure out where you were getting your customers from? No, I never had any kind of like tracking and I never really had any kind of like set, I guess, uh, focus group for the people that I'm looking to spam. <laughs> focus group. <laughs> I will spam everybody, grandmas, kids, anybody, everybody that I can get my hands on is going to get spammed. I feel like it would have been harder to filter out the people that, you know, I was looking for versus just shoot my shot with everybody. You know, you knock on a thousand doors, one of those doors is going to open. So the all those people that I'm hitting, if I hit five, 600,000 mails every couple hours, somebody's bound to hit on one of those somewhere. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Um. <laughs> and with like, with like chat spam and, you know, you would go into, I would have 150 bots on and they're going to all these different chat rooms and posting stuff in the chat room. Like, you know, the, the usual that you would see in the chat room in, at that time, like 21 female California pick sent to receive instant message me if you want to talk, whatever. And then when they would instant message, it's like, Oh, here, here's a, here's my pictures and videos. And you just send them the link and then they would have to sign up in order to get to the pictures or videos. So it was like a, a little bait and switch. Like, Oh, you think I'm a real person in the chat room. And then I get you to the instant messages and I'm just blasting you with spam links. Like, Hey, Sign up if you want to see me naked. Oh, wait. So then they provide their credit card details? 
So they would click the link and be like, oh, okay, well, I got to sign up to get on webcam with this girl. So they would sign up for a membership and then they would put in their credit card details and get, you know, buy the cheapest 1099 package or whatever the hell package it was. And then realize, ah, shit, there's really nobody on the other end of this. But on the upside, there is webcams that I can watch. So while it might not be the person that I was talking to on AOL, which was really a bot, there is actual people on the other end of this sign up because it, it was a legitimate adult dating website. It had webcams and videos and et cetera. So if if they put that stuff in, they would get to what they were looking for. It just wouldn't be from who they thought it was. Oh, so you actually were, you were providing a service then? Yes. Yeah. So yeah it, it was a legitimate service. Yeah. You could go on there and literally talk to people and, and see cams and see that kind of porn stuff that I guess they were looking for. So it might not have been. Ashley May 226 from the Lobby One chat room, but it is somebody across the world. There, There is somebody that you can watch and talk to. You were Ashley May 226, right? <laughs> but not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amy 226 or whoever, that was just somebody in list box number one waiting to be signed on at any given time. That, that, I don't, That's funny. It was it, it was somebody's real account, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't them. It's kind of like... You were, I mean, I think it's the modern day equivalent of this is those ads with those fake games that like the games don't really exist and you play the game and you're like, okay, I'm going to sign up for it now. And it's actually some other game. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not even, yeah, exactly. Not even the real, the game that you thought you were playing. The game that you thought you were playing was only what you just played. There was nothing after what you just played. Then they have you sign up and then download a whole different game. You're like, man, I wanted to play Tetris, but this is definitely not Tetris. But I'll play it. Yeah, I mean, but I'll play it. It's, it's similar enough to Tetris, so might as well play it. But this is not what I thought I was going to be downloading. Have you seen bait and switch stuff then? Like, you know, after this, just across like the internet or in real life? Not really. I feel like I don't really keep an eye out for the old bait and switch too much. That was That was something that I hope I never get hit with. So I'm trying to like you know, stay karma free with it. And I feel like I've already taken my bruises and lumps from all the bad karma that I've had. So I'm hoping that I don't have to deal with any bait and switches, see any bait and switches, unless of course it's going to put me on the upside of making some money. Then I guess I'll bait and switch whoever I really don't care. So back then eating was kind of taboo, right? Did, and like, you know, you, you yourself were, were, were proposing as, as, uh, as other people, right. To, to, to make money, but did you ever find yourself like in the in, in actual e dating? I never e dated, but e dating was pretty prevalent. It wasn't as taboo as as one might think. Everybody was fucking e dating back then. Everybody you knew somebody was e dating somebody if they were running a spammer, right? So let's say I got my spammer and I'm spamming, and then all of a sudden Chelsea, you see her and she's running the spammer that I run all the time. You know she's spamming for me. You know that that's my girl. And she's spamming on her computer for me while I'm spamming for myself as well. So you could always tell who had like a click with who or who was like e dating who because there would always be running the programs that you would see the guy running. The girls was always trying to help the guys. They just wanted to have programs and to look cute, I guess. They didn't really care too much about getting actually paid. Sweet. There was girls running which program? spammers crackers anything so let's say like again i'm i'm zone uh and i'm dating chelsea and chelsea's a real person and chelsea's a real person from the chat room she you know we see her all the time we're talk to her she hangs out in private rooms she's just she's just you know just the average person we always see so me and her y'all see us flirting in the chat rooms and we're talking that shit whatever and then the next day she's running spambo and you're like well damn 
Either she bought that for $500 or Zone just gave that to her to run. So chances are she didn't buy that for $500. So she was running it for me, right? So the girls that were e-dating, the guys would always run the programs of the guys that they were e-dating. They were trying to crack for them, spam for them. Just, I guess, be involved in the hacker activities. Interesting. And then they didn't take a cut of it? None of them ever took a cut from me. Again, I never technically, quote unquote, e-dated anybody. But of course, I would sweet talk to girls, flirt with the girls, whatever, as every guy I feel like on AOL did. Just talk that shit, whatever. Obviously, I had you know a couple of them like me enough to card stuff to their house and mail it to me so I didn't get in trouble. So I had a way with words to get them to do certain things, right? But I never technically e-dated anybody, but it was prevalent. People were e-dating all the time. There was drama. There was AOL disc tracks on people that people were making music. It was, it was chaos. What, what's a disc track? A disc track, like, like talking shit, like uh, making a song, talking shit about somebody. That's really funny. Like they, so wait, they were that upset with somebody that they like, they rapped about it or something. They would make Yeah. They would make a rap song about it or they would be heartbroken at their, 14-year-old e-girlfriend left them for the other elite hacker of the bunch. So now they're like mad at the girl and the hacker and they're making diss tracks against them. And yeah, it, it was it was just fun. It was chaos. That sounds that sounds interesting. No, I made a lot of music. I did. I think I, I want to say I made an AOL diss track in my day. I'm not going to say that I didn't, but my music was not really focused towards AOL. My music was more like like hardcore, like gangster rap shit. Nice. So what, what did, how did you create the beats and stuff? Was it like a certain program? I would just buy my beats. I would go to this, there's this website called soundclick.com and it'll it'll sell like leases and full rights to instrumentals. You just go and find a beat that you like and you just purchase it. Or if you were a cheapskate, you would of course just get that Chrome or Firefox extension and just rip the MP3 off the page without paying for it at all. And just upload it anyways, because you weren't making money out of it. So it's basically like a fair use deal. Like I'm not making money out of it. I didn't claim that it was mine. So what are you going to do? Strike it down? Like there's not really too much you can do about that. That's funny. So one of the other things uh, that you you had mentioned was something called spinoff accounts. What what are those? There was this program. It was called NDEC. It was kind of like a, like at the top of AOL, there was, the file and the edit and, you know, all these little things. And then you would have a little spot that said NDEC. And it was basically like a, I guess a program. I I don't know how to explain what it, it was basically a program, but it was built into AOL somehow. And you would click it and you could just add whatever name and password you wanted to your AOL sign on list. So you didn't have to have actual access to the account to add it into your drop down bar to choose what name you wanted to log in. So you would make it like a, I guess, kind of like a master account on your on your account. I don't know how to. Let me see if I can explain this a little better. It would, yeah, it would, it would add in. Close my eyes and try to envision how this worked. You would add it in, and it would add into the drop down box. Then you could log in to the fish account or the hacked account and create an account on their actual master account, right? So you would have their main account. And then on AOL, you could create multiple accounts for the people in your house. So you would sign on to this cracked account and create an account on their account. So you always had like a backup account on somebody else's account that they couldn't see, basically. 
Wait, wait, but why couldn't they see it? So I thought if you had a master, you could see all the sub accounts, but you're saying you could create it in a way where they couldn't see it was tied to their account? There, Yeah, the NDEC did something that allowed you to create it to where they it couldn't be seen. That's what the spinoff account was. You were like spinning off of somebody else's account to make your own account. But how did so you, but you had to have their, their login credentials to do that? Right. But, you know, cracking fish was like shooting fish in a barrel in 2001. You put one, two, three, four, five, six and six, five, four, three, two, one in a, in a password cracker. And then you run it against a hundred thousand names and you'll probably get 200 accounts that are using those passwords. Right. Okay. And so then if you were signed on to one of those spinoff accounts, would they be permitted to log into at the same time to their, to their regular account? Yeah, they could. Yeah. They could log into their own accounts. Yeah. They would never know that you were, as long as you didn't log on to the same account that they were on, like their master account, then it would never boot them offline. You can run, you know, multiple AOL accounts, but as long as it wasn't on the same computer or on the same name, you'll never be kicked off. I thought at one one point it was like you, two people could not be in the same account at the same time. Yeah, you couldn't be on this. Like if my screen name was just Zony Danza, I couldn't be on Zony Danza here and then Zony Danza on at my homie's house. But if one was... Sorry, I I meant like a sub account. So like, let's say Zony Danza was the master account and the sub account was like, I don't know, Angela Danza or whatever. Um, then I thought that two users from, from the same like master account couldn't be on the same time. Is that, that, is that not accurate? I don't, you know, I don't recall that being a thing. It could have been a thing earlier in the years, maybe later on in the years that changed by the time I had started being prevalent. It probably did change. Yeah. I remember definitely being able to do that because there was another program that was called WAOL five. Right. And that was it was a way to load up multiple AOL clients at the same time. So your your bottom taskbar would have seven different AOLs open. They were all version 5.0 and you could log into every account that you wanted on your own account at the same time. So you could have all of your accounts online in one chat room at the same time. So to be able to use cloners, the cloners require WAOL or not? There were certain cloners that would use WAOL, but no, the other ones were more of like a, a windsock type protocol where they would just log in and, and just hang out. They, they weren't actually a windowed version of AOL. They were fully autonomous, but the the WAOL versions, I feel like were more along the lines of the like to like host a bunch of different chat rooms. Say you wanted to be have owner of four different chat rooms and you needed to be able to conduct business and kick people out of these rooms and do whatever you could have multiple clients open and hold the owner of multiple different chat rooms and you know kind of run the roost that way wait so chat rooms had owners i thought that was only an irc but an aol you had, there was owners yeah we called it holding bolt because when you were the owner of the chat room everybody knew who the owner was because they had a bolt beside their their name that's who started the chat room so if you see that, you know, somebody's holding Bolt and you want to get that ownership of that chat room, that's where the cloners would come in. You would send in 35 people into that chat room and lag the guy out that had Bolt and then kick all your clones out, hurry up and get into the chat room. And then you took over the chat room. These are private chat rooms or public? Private and public. AOL had like Lobby One would never have host because that was like an AOL chat room. But you could go to like the... AOL or uh, what is it, like user created chat rooms or whatever, like the who's chatting and the the custom ones people made. So you could have bolts and all those. 
So like the real basic ones, like a crowded room and a place to hang or whatever the hell they were called. And like a lobby ones and stuff like that. Those would never have a bolt, but the other ones in all private rooms would have bolts. So you could take ownership of the rooms and just kick people out or, you know, do, do the whole thing. You would kick one in particular, I guess, hacker, spammer or cracker, whoever you would kick them out because they were fucking annoying. And then the next thing, you know, like I said, here comes all the clones and you got to hurry up and press the, I type in the chat room, like X all because on, I would say 95% of MP3 players that everybody used. If you typed X all it, it ignored everybody in the chat room at once. You didn't have to go to their name and click ignore on each one of them. It was like an API call. So when you typed in X all, it ignored everybody in the chat room. So when you seen like an influx of seven, eight, 10 people come in at once, everybody go ahead and hit X all. That way you could ignore everybody that was spamming and then just un X the people you knew were regular people. Interesting. I, I did not know about that. That's really cool. Yeah. Cloners were, were a, a hassle. I remember before, before they, I guess, had the option or before it was like a prevalent option to turn off the smileys from the chat room, all the little like emoji smileys, people would go in with, you know, again, 20, 30 accounts and just blast 400 emojis and it would just be a lag in everybody's screens. So you said MP3 player, where would the MP3 player come in all this? The MP3 player is basically like a what, what we call like a CCOM, like a chat command application. So, you know, you type in R in the chat room and you send it and it'll play like a random song from your audio files. You know, so it was like a just an MP3 player. N was next. B was back. Like you could you could scroll through and favorite your songs and just play them just by typing them into the chat room. But they also had other commands like x zoni danza and then it would just ignore me without having to go over there or you could have your idler was built into it your anti-lag was built into it everything was pretty much built into these mp3 players so it was kind of like an all-in-one chat tool outside of like spamming but it did everything else so when you were using them you could just ignore the whole room you could ignore certain people uh you could set it to when it noticed an influx of people join or like a certain key phrase in a lag that it would just like start clear in the chat so you didn't have to see any of it. MP3 players were like a pretty big deal. Those things were prevalent for a long time. Is this like a program you would run, like you would download and run it separately? It was like a regular Windows EXE that was not the AOL EXE? Yeah, so yeah. I mean, pretty much every program was like a external EXE file. They weren't all attached to AOL the MP3 players were the same. They were kind of just like, you, you got them from the source and you installed it and it, it just worked for AOL. So I guess, it, I mean, I'm not guessing. I know it, it just grabbed the key frame. Like I think it was like AOL frame 25 or whatever for the chat rooms. And it, it just scanned the chat room for your commands with your name. And then whatever your command was, it would execute your commands. Oh, okay. So it would use Windows API calls, read the chat room, see it was your screen name and you could run commands from it. Right. So, you know, if I wanted to play, if I wanted to play the Jonas Brothers, I would type in just P for play space Jonas Brothers and it would pop up like a list box of all the Jonas Brothers songs that I might've had. And then you could choose whichever one and it would show to the chat room like, hey, I'm playing this song by this person, played it this amount of times. It was this length and everybody used them. I feel like even the people that hated programs 
used MP3 players. Everybody used an MP3 player. Interesting. I always just use Winamp. I don't know. Um, but it sounds like this had more features though, right? You, you could you could ignore people and, and all that too. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like when I was talking about how I found the private rooms, people were typing like PR, IXA, and the chat command, like the MP3 player would take them from the room that they were in to private room IXA. And it would it, it would chat send into the chat room when they type that, like going to private room IXA. So then everybody would see that and be like, well, I want to go to private room IXA. So I'm going to type this and type PR IXA and it'll take them to the same chat room. Interesting. And so did IXA stand for anything in particular? Not that I'm aware of. I could just be a noob and it was something before I knew what it stood for. But as far as I knew, it, it didn't really stand for anything. I don't know why that was a popular like name for it, but it was. That was a, a big one for a long time. So I know that AIM started kind of taking off. And like, when would you use AIM like over AOL? Like, what did you have any like? I know you made some programs for, for AIM. Do you ever use anyone else's programs like on a frequent basis? I used, I can't remember who made it. It was nobody that was relevant in the AOL field as far as I, I remember. But there was a, a cloner for AIM. It was called Tame Clone. Now, all the other cloners were just AOL. You could not send those to AIM chat rooms to do the same thing. They, they would only go to AOL chat rooms. So you'd have to have an AIM cloner to you know, like clone AIM accounts and send them in there. So there, yeah, Tame Clone was a big one that was a good cloner. There was a there was a program called Warn Lab, which was basically like a an AIM instant message spammer that you could like warn the people to a hundred percent on the AIM and like block them from being able to like I guess chat with other people if you warned them enough times from a, a bunch of different accounts. And so that was another good one. They had like um, AIM screen name makers that were pretty much automatic. It, it filled in all the information. All you had to do was like fill out the little capture part and you could make a hundred bots or whatever in like 20 minutes. So I would come in with zone bot 001, zone bot 002, all the way down to like a hundred. And I could just keep bringing them in and just causing chaos. Interesting. Yeah. This, this, it's so funny that this stuff's cyclical. This sounds very similar to like the kick app, like modifications, like a lot of them that I've heard about, but um, that's really cool. You know, I finally did listen to that Darknet Diaries. I've been listening to that a lot here late, uh, lately. Listen to that kick one and all the, there was one on, I don't know if you heard this one. I'm sure you probably have on Nerdcore had YT Cracker and like the Nerdcore rappers. They were talking about AOL and it has like all these Nerdcore rap is just like spam rap. So talking about servers and, and botnets and, and that kind of stuff, but it's rap. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Like, I'm trying to remember that. I'm sure I heard that episode, uh, the Nerdcore one. Yeah, I've definitely heard some of the the, the rap of like the AL rap, or whatever. Maybe I'll send that one again. But um, yeah, Darkness Diaries is super good. Yeah, I, lo I love it. when you mentioned it in the first one about the Kick podcast. I went and listened to that or the Kick stuff. I went and listened to that that one first, and then ever since then, I've just been listening to them every day at work. Nice, man. Yeah, dude. Like. Did you see a lot of similarities between like what's going on in kick and then like, or at least like the modifications that people were doing and like taking over rooms. I, I feel like there's a lot of correlations here between like what happened on AOL and like what's going on now on kick. Yeah. I, I absolutely, I absolutely see that part of it. Cause they were talking about how they had these modifications that were like allowing them to go and like even just kick the host out and just take the rooms without any, like too much problem. 
that seems to be what we try to do with cloners and like instant message punters and stuff like that. We were trying to get hosts of these rooms and do the same thing. If we didn't like what was going on in that room or somebody didn't like us, we wanted to take it over. And then that's what we would try to do. So, yeah, I feel like that's what they were doing on kick. But of course, they were doing it for much better reasons than we were. You know, somebody calls us a noob. We're like taking your fucking room. It's mine now. Thanks a lot. Right. But these guys were, you know, going after the CP people and people that are, you know, being real creeps. So I feel like the the people on kick were doing like heroic work. Well, uh, you know, the people on AOL were just like being little scumbags, just being little jerks. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, there, there was no like, I mean, there, there's not like a lot of purpose to it besides just like feeling like you're awesome. Right. But um, yeah, the people on, on kick, they definitely have a they're, they're doing it for other reasons. And like, it's, it's interesting if you just like type in Google News. Like if you type in like just like the kick app and Google News, it's just like page after page after page of people getting arrested for for like child porn and stuff. But it, it does. It, I guess it's like from what sounds like a dark night diaries. It sounds like it's like not deterring people. No, it, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's pushing too many people away. I feel like I kind of agree with the guy that they were talking to at the end. I was like, I just think it just needs to be shut down in general. Like shut kick down altogether because kick is, is is a problem. Kick is not good. Yeah. I definitely agree. I mean, I guess those people probably just moved to another medium, though. But like, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you think of like if the FBI could like infiltrate it or whatever, right? Because like I was did some research and AOL, they had a, the FBI could do like full packet captures, but they had to scope them. Right. So they would have to get like an order and then they could log all chat conversations, like all emails, like everything for a particular user. And there's like court cases and stuff where like where they did this. And I forget the name of the program they, ha- they, they had for that. And there was like a lot of question, like, you know, it's just like overreach or whatever. But, you know, they were like you know, convicting people for child porn. So I didn't, it did not seem like overreach. But uh, FBI was doing some stuff, but like they had to like, like get an order to it. Right. It's like with the Patriot Act where they could just sniff everything. But right. I don't know. I, I found that I found it kind of interesting. But um, you, you have to wonder like where. Like this is a, it's definitely a huge problem. I don't know. And luckily most people are not that savvy online. So it's right. They, they, they're able to catch a number of these people, but um, it would, it would sure be great if they could uh, figure out how to catch more without like compromising people's privacy and stuff too. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like a 50, 50. It's a, you know, they have to compromise my privacy to catch the other people. Cause they never know what I'm doing. Just like, they don't know what the next guy's doing. So if they're skimming to find these predators, they got to go through a lot of stuff. So I don't want them going through my shit, but I do want them going through the stuff of the child predators. So, you know, I don't know how to feel about it. It's like, yeah, I don't want them going through my stuff. But at the same time, I don't do criminal activities online anymore like that. So I don't really care what they see online. They're going to see what my 40 episodes of Law and Order SVU that I torrented off of wherever. Like, I don't really care about yeah, right. It's interesting how torrenting's evolved over the years. I mean, I never used a VPN. Now you have to use a VPN to do torrenting, but like, it's not that big of a deal to use a VPN torrent. It's like it's super easy. I don't know. Yeah, I got a some kind of notice from my ISP talking about one of the Law and Order episodes. I, I downloaded. I'm like, dude, this is the, the episode's from 1999. Who cares if I'm downloading it now? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, right. I, I think I, I think I got one. Like, I was just this is probably like 10 or 15 years ago. I was just like getting movies or something, and like. I didn't even watch it. I downloaded like Mr. Bean's Holiday. <laughs> like I was just, you know, whatever I could grab, I got. And I was like, like, this is embarrassing. I got a letter for Mr. Bean's Holiday. Like, come on. 
<laughs> they're like, they're like, what are you in prison for? I'm here for murder. What about you? And they're like, uh, downloaded Mr. Bean's Holiday. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. Yeah, fuck, I didn't even get to see it. They're like, well, tell me about it. You're like, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> Not so funny now, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a real gangster. I downloaded Mr. Bean's Holiday and I got caught. That's funny. So um, I, I think you had mentioned um, before, like something about OPSEC 44. Okay, yeah, that's that was what was, I want to say it was called like operational security or, or something along those lines. But that was like his instant message name. So you could instant message this guy, OPSEC 44. He worked for AOL and you, you could like give him exploits or tell him things that, you know, was going on in the scene and he would reward you with like, elite screen names so like if you if i wanted to get like just zone then i would be like hey man i, I found this exploit i uh, see that the account zone hasn't been logged into in 700 days i'll give you this exploit you give me the screen name we'll call it you know we'll call it a day and he would do that kind of stuff he could also like boot you offline and, and put little messages at the top like you don't know who you're messing with instead of the you've been signed off. Like he would change the message at the top to say other things. So he was a relatively powerful little person, but a lot of people mess with that guy and got like perma banned and got their accounts taken away. And, you know, he was a person that you would definitely want to have on your side if you wanted to get screen names and you had a good way of getting exploits that you didn't mind sharing because. He would help you out, but he would also screw you over if you were messing with him. So these would be like native exploits to AOL that he didn't know about? Right, right. So like the way that we could get back into private room sex after it was banned, like that was like an, I, I would say like some kind of exploited chat URL, right? We could get into chats called like, fuck you. And those were obviously banned chat names. You couldn't make those. So if you would give him like your workaround to how you're doing certain things or the way that you found keywords that you weren't supposed to find that took you to like AOL employee areas, he would get that, I guess, patched or fixed and then reward you with, you know, what you wanted to a certain extent. I mean, he obviously isn't going to give you the the three character screen name God or anything, but he'll hook you up if he can. So this is like, oh, sounds like it's like a bug bounty barter program. Pretty much. That's what it, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. You could just give him certain information. If everybody's hanging out in a different private room, you'd be like, okay, now everybody's hanging out in PR Island 55. And he'd be like, oh, okay, I appreciate the information. And then he would be watching Island 55, I guess, as some kind of host or without them seeing him in there. And he would reward you for giving up certain information. So did you ever do any dealings with him? Absolutely fucking not. I'm no snitch. I'm not telling on anything. <laughs> not telling anything about nothing, but I've seen and uh, and heard people doing it. There's there's screenshots I have of people getting kicked off from OPSEC and, and all kinds of stuff. So I know about OPSEC, but I would absolutely never tell that guy anything. I didn't need screen names. I wonder who ran that. It must have been just like an InfoSec guy or something. It, it had to have been somebody because he was able to make these changes or give you the screen names immediately. It wasn't something you had to wait around for. That's really interesting. They had this, this, it was like some kind of database like Merlin or, or something along those lines that people were like able to get into. And it had something to do with like, I, I want to say it was called like Chris, like customer resource information, something or another. Right. But it gave everybody screen names, everybody's passwords, 
um, you know, their addresses, whatever, whatever. So you could basically get in there and just change the password or get the password, give it to yourself and go take the person's screen name. So if you had a way to get into Chris or Merlin or whichever one it was, you pretty much had free reign over anybody's screen names. People were coming into chat rooms with two character screen names and the minimum is three on AOL. So people coming in with a with a screen name K9 is absolutely insane to people on AOL because you can't even have two character names. That's interesting. It's like, yeah, the, the forbidden stuff. But then yeah, the shortest screen name that I think there was recently an episode of Darknet Diaries where like they were talking about that dude who had the the Twitter handle Tennessee and like and like somebody swatted him and he like had a heart attack when the cops showed up. Yeah, uh, the ones where they were trying to take over the guy's uh, thing or, or they were trying to like do something. I think they were trying to take his name or take his, take his handle or. Yeah. They're going to sell it. It start it starts with pizzas. <laughs> yeah. 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 They wanted to get it and take it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's, it's something along those lines. It's crazy. Yeah. I and mean, there certainly wasn't a market for that kind of stuff. Now, obviously, obviously there is these days. That's, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, there wasn't, there isn't a market as much these days. I still have a, a good friend of mine named Jake, and he has like crazy Gmails, like Pizza Hut at gmail.com. Like he has like super elite Gmail accounts and has nobody to sell them to because nobody buys accounts like that anymore. But, you know, back in 2006 or roughly, there was a website called screen.name and it was a screen name form. You get on there and you would sell your accounts to people that wanted to buy them. So the more access you had to these, this Chris or Merlin or whichever one to get these good names, the more money you could make because people were always buying accounts when AIM and AOL was still popular. Interesting. It was a good time. Uh, I made some money off of those. I've had my screen name stolen before. Uh, it's you know it's, it's, it's it was a good time it was a little chaotic but it was fun nice is there anything else you wanted to cover today i think that covers it for me on today awesome man i'm sure i'll have more cool well th- thanks for coming back on the show i appreciate it absolutely brother i love coming on here and i'll well i'm sure pop off with some more topics at some point and harass you until you put me back on here again <laughs> all right man i'll hold you to it all right brother it was good talking to you as always All right, you too. Later, man. Later. Welcome to cyberspace.